How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. How good. are you? Good. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll get into the tournament uh, in a little bit. We're, we're going to be talking about the wrestling showcase, but I'm joined by Killer Cross and Scarlet right now. Uh, pulling off a surprise wedding is not uh, an easy task, but you guys did it in grand fashion and shared it with everybody. Uh, how'd that come? How, how'd that happen? I know you guys were out there for WrestlePro, but tell me a little bit about how that happened. Well, well, <laughs> uh, we've been. We knew very early on when we met that we were probably probably going to be getting married. And that's sort of a crazy thing that you can't exactly just tell people they'll think you're nuts. You know what I mean? And there's the honeymoon phase that people have when they, you know, first meet each other and they fall for each other. And, um, you know, you, you want to like almost be careful, you know, how enthusiastic you really feel about somebody when you, when you first meet them. And um, I don't know for us that kind of just like never went away. And so Funny, funny thing is I said, I love you to him the first time we met. I mean, granted, I, I was 10 shots of tequila in and I said, I love you. But you said you had to stop yourself from saying it back. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought, I was like, oh, yeah. she's definitely going to be like tomorrow morning. I definitely don't <laughs> love that guy. You know what I mean? I was like, but it was, you know, um, we knew. And uh, we just kind of let things ride and see where we were at. And nothing ever changed from the time we felt that way. And uh, we thought, uh, the best time to do it would have been then. And initially we were thinking about getting married in Iceland, but we thought that might be a little bit more complicated than, than going to Alaska. Um, we weren't sure if we really even wanted people to be there. We just didn't want to complicate the process. <laughs> I know it might sound really messed oh. up to some people, but like we, we just, we know, we knew what we wanted to do. We didn't want it to be for us. Like, not a, a massive spectacle. Our job is a spectacle. Our wedding doesn't need to be a spectacle. So we planned it about, I'd say, two, three weeks ahead of time. Um, we were going to Alaska uh, for Russell Pro, and then we realized we had a couple, we had maybe two days off. So we thought, hey, I wonder if I could reach out to a wedding planner and see if they can marry us because it'd be really cool to get married on a mountain. So I started looking up adventure weddings in Alaska, and then I was like, oh my God, you can actually get married on a glacier. Would you be down to do that? And then we literally planned it in like two, three weeks. Yeah. That That's incredible. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, anybody watching, go check out the pictures. I believe you posted a video as well. Um, are you going to make that a thing where you hope to get booked so you can go back there and like celebrate the anniversary or renew the vows or anything like that? Or is that like one and one and done? I think annually I would love to go back there with her at least once or twice. Like, just the rich history, uh, the Native American history there in Alaska. For people who like don't know a lot about Alaska, I mean, I, I just there's so much, there's just so much history there, and it's very peaceful. The, we love the culture there. The speed that the culture just lives at is very much our speed. It's very peaceful up there, very tranquil. They had a lot of different types of animal conservations that we checked out up there. It was really awesome. We saw the Northern Lights from our. Uh from our plane actually so we were coming in at night and then the flight attendants were saying look out the window look out the window and you see the bright bright green and purple northern lights as we're coming into alaska was amazing yeah but i mean aside from us going there on our own i mean if kevin matthews wants to keep running uh you know wrestle for alaska we'd love to be there <laughs> yeah i think he already has a date planned i think ddp's on the poster so <laughs> kevin go go ahead <laughs> We're very lucky to be able to uh, 
travel to places like that. And basically, even if we get to celebrate our anniversary in different places around the world, if it ends up being in Japan or India, Australia, um, any chance we get to go somewhere new, we're always down for it. It's about the omen that you put out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, that day rolls around like your birthday or um, or like a holiday that has, you know, uh, sort of a sentimental value to the individual and their family. We're all about that. We put good vibes out in the days that are supposed to mean something, you know? Still got to figure out the honeymoon, though. Yeah, we, still we, we haven't done a honeymoon yet, so we have to figure out when we're going to do that. Yeah, It's going to be tough to top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to go big. So, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the wrestling showcase is coming up September 3rd. It's a huge weekend for wrestling. It's been centered around AEW uh, All In, the precursor, and then All Out weekend. Uh Ad free shows, top guys weekend is going to be part of it. Um, the wrestling showcase is a new thing. It's a, a one night, eight man tournament. Uh, Cross, you've been announced as one of the participants in the tournament. Uh, what are your thoughts about getting to showcase your talent on such a big weekend? You know, you, this is a, a great opportunity to show what you've been up to. Uh, you've shared a little bit of the, uh, trailer for your projects going on and you know on social media how do you feel going into this weekend getting a chance to be on a stage like that again i feel really good about this and you know it's it's not the same type of event but this type of feeling that i have towards the event reminds me of right before i got signed at wwe it was back in 2019 all of these crazy independent wrestling shows were starting to explode like these different types of special events something meaningful you know every show means something but there are some shows that mean something just a little bit more. You know what I mean? GCW was running Bloodsport. That had a big fight feel to it. PWG has always had a big fight feel to it. Outside of commercialized wrestling, there's tons of really, really cool independent wrestling. But then there are these shows, like this one coming up. It just has a different feel to it. And I love that. I've always been addicted to the big fight feel scenarios. And this has got it. You know, these types of tournaments and stuff like that, every single professional wrestler should be striving to be a part of these types of things. This is where, you know, you're really going to find out who you are in the ring. You're going to find out if you can hang. One-off matches, they're a dime a dozen. They can be amazing. They can be five-star. They can be super violent. They can be career-defining. But when you get into a situation where you may have to wrestle, two, three, four, five times in one night, these types of tournaments. I mean, that's what I'm always looking for. We're starting to find out more about the tournament. It's May, as I mentioned, tournaments in September. It's drawn a lot of interest every week that somebody new gets announced. Uh, I actually am here to reveal your opponent, the next person in the bracket. They uh, confirmed it will be Killer Cross against this person. Would you like to know who that is right now? You're allowed to tell me, yeah. I want to know who's going to die in September. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they're, uh, sorry for this person. I, I really enjoy your work, but uh, Scarlett put it uh, appropriately. You're going to be facing Tony Nice in the wrestling showcase. Ooh, he's tough. Tony Nice. Yes. I think one, two, <clears throat> I met Tony Nese back in NXT, and I was already familiar with his work prior to him and I having anything to do with WWE. And I always knew that him and I were going to be in the ring together at some point. And 
it's actually pretty interesting that it's going to be this one. Mm-hmm. I've always said, honestly, uh, Tony Nese is a guy that nobody should be sleeping on. And uh, this is the part where people are like, oh, he's going to put him over and he's going to speak really highly of him. But no, for real, I think that Nice is on the level of Kenny Omega. He's a guy that can carry a company. He's a guy that can main event. He's a guy that can do 30 even an hour in the ring and probably barely break a sweat. Um, that's a shoot. But I'm telling you right now, um, I'm the last person on earth he should want to be in the fucking ring with because I will beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And it's nothing personal. And that's where you have to go when you're in the ring, in the ring with him if you want to beat somebody like that. It's not going to be a good night for him. Yeah, he, you know, I'll completely agree with you. Incredible talent. Uh, I know him from, again, uh, when I think it wasn't even WrestlePro yet. It was still Pro Wrestling Syndicate. But back in those days and uh, New York Wrestling Connection, you can't say enough about what the guy can do in the ring. Looks like a million bucks. But as you so eloquently put it, uh, it's just the wrong opponent that night for him yeah i'm taking this very seriously and he's a very serious opponent for me so that's where my mind's at that's i was not expecting that. it's a good good matchup uh september 3rd wrestling showcase uh that's the first matchup revealed we'll we'll still still get to find out uh the rest of the bracket um as the weeks go on uh tickets meet and greets pre-orders that's all uh on sale now. Um, one thing I did want to talk about, I did want to circle back to uh, some of the other work you're doing. Again, uh, it's Wrestle uh, Wrestle Pro. You, you just had your, your last match at uh, Back to Brooklyn against Joey Janela. But Scarlett, you just five matches so far. I believe three of them were from Wrestle Pro. Uh, five more than WWE. <laughs> but I still have three action figures, though. You do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a uh, what a basic and elite and Jason. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the, your most recent work is very theatrical. Obviously, you guys worked together, and it was uh, you know a tandem. But you're you're working on your own, so to speak. What do you what do you want to show people that you can do in the ring? I mean, there was a dark match that you had in WWE, but other than that, you you mentioned you, you really didn't get a chance to show what you can do in the ring and people, people will see that you're a, a different wrestler from when you were in impact, you're an improved wrestler in the ring. So what do you want people to see what you're doing right now? Well, it actually breaks my heart that no one got to see those dark matches and uh, they were pre audience. Uh, so it's before the audience came back after SummerSlam. So it broke my heart. Nobody got to see those matches. They were really good. Love them. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart is one of my very best friends, and I love working with her. Um, but since WWE, I've become a lot more scrappy of a, of a fighter. Um, I'm a very dirty fighter, and I'll do whatever it takes to win. Um, As you should. And, and I learned from the best, of course, how to, you know, basically send people home in a, uh, in a body bag. So that's why I've learned from this fine gentleman. And, of course, how to suplex taught me how to suplex people properly but um i uh, consider myself to be a brawler um and my goal always is just to hurt the person as much as possible um and i think i'm five for five right now in all my matches i've had Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure so i'm on a roll right now so who knows what's what's coming for uh for titles and other things coming up but um yeah i don't plan to stop anytime soon i'm really excited to be back in the ring 
she she like myself if you don't mind me saying so we've always been fans of throwback styles yes we've always we're both ecw fans mm -hmm. we're both attitude era fans we're both fans of jerry lynn my favorite yeah i mean so we've always tried to draw from that place those types of styles um the showmanship obviously will always be there but yeah you've been very scrappy you're very scrappy like sable meets luna a little bit with some sensational sherry in there I like it. All three of them very uh, talented performers in their own right. I don't think Sherry gets nearly enough credit for what she did for not only like watching as a as a fan of Harlem Heat, but her early work, like even with Shawn Michaels, like just the nuance and, you know, now you're starting to hear more about it. Like Booker had the tournament, uh, Thunder Rosa. I just watched an interview where she said that she modeled herself early in her career and it was like not just the makeup but just little things that she picked up on she's like i want to do that yep. so. sean sean told us a story one time we were at nxt um that when they paired him and sherry up there were guys that were giving sean a hard time for most of his career because he wasn't the biggest guy whatever the the politics of it they didn't think that they should do whatever for him and uh, if Sherry felt like they weren't driving straight with Sean, Sherry would legitimately like beat the shit out of these guys. Yes. She would find a way to get him outside the ring. And uh, it's probably, probably, yeah. probably a story Sean yep. should tell for the greater details of it because we weren't there. But yeah, it, like she's she's awesome. And I think that she definitely is a staple yes. in women's wrestling for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll get to ask him about that one day, but that, I, I appreciate you sharing that part of it. Um, I do want to go back to something you just mentioned, Scarlett. You said, you know, you see yourself as being a little scrappier. And I mentioned, you know, a lot of the more recent work was theatrical. It's inspired by film and, you know, different things where do you try to strike the balance? Because it feels like social media before the match, you know, it's all of that, you know, grand. And then when you get in the ring, it's like, okay, the bell rung now, you know, now it's time to just destroy somebody. Is that accurate? Like how you view it? Or is it more than that? I'm a completely different person when I walk through that curtain, when I get in the ring and you've seen it. Mm -hmm. um, I can, I, with the fans, with uh, with everyone backstage, I'm, I'm very easygoing, but the moment I'm in the ring against my opponent, I have one goal in mind and that's to win and that's to kick her ass, show her what I can do. And I'm also, I like to see if I could psychologically torment someone as well. Um, I feel like we, we did a lot of that in NXT too. Mm -hmm. That's something we would definitely focus on. Absolutely, the uh, mind games leading yes. up to it and letting people in on the fact that we're playing the mind games. Let them know that this match is not just a regular match. This isn't just another match. This isn't just some sort of throwaway match. You're going to see something unique. You're going to see something special. And like, we've never even talked about this, but like you and I just instinctively know to stay away from each other for the hour oh to two hours gosh, leading to yep. the match. We don't go near each other because we are the way we are with each other. And, you know, if we don't feel like we can turn that off, we need to get away from each other so we can become that person that people are paying to see. I, I can't kiss him before I go out. I can't do it. Never. Like I can't do it. I mean, I'm in kick your ass mode. Yeah. yeah. I've been the same way. And when her and I would work together, 
um, there's very little chatter leading up a couple hours to the match. We just give each other a look before yeah. my crown goes almost like a, I can it's a nod. Are you good? Yeah. Are you good? Yeah. You don't have to say much more than that. And then we're, we're out there. Yeah. I know you've talked before about a nightmare on Elm street. You, you're a fan of the series. Uh, I think it was table talk. You talked a little bit about uh, dream warrior and there, there was a really good exchange about how uh, road warrior Hawk took that the water rush, which yes. I, never, I never knew about before. Uh, that's, I don't want to say obvious link, but that's a more popular franchise. Is there any other uh, films, TV that you guys take cues from, whether it's like another obvious one or maybe something subtle that you're like, Oh, I like the way that they set up, you know, this little thing that I picked up on. Cause you seem like very, very both of you seem uh, very detail oriented when it comes to taking from one medium in film and TV and bringing it to your wrestling personas. Well, I know for her, um, the countess from American horror story, lady Gaga, bedazzled Elizabeth Hurley's character is massive. That was like a big, big smoke show, uh, character based work that I want to model it after. Um, and John Maroney also from 30 rock for you, uh, Patrick Bateman, Patrick Bateman from American, American psycho American was, psycho. was, was, uh, was a very interesting character piece that I'd studied for a while. Bronson, Bronson Tom Hardy. Um, it's an obscure film, I guess now, but dark city. Um, and I always forget the, the name of the director, but he was the same one who did the crow. Um, we're very careful. Alex, not like blatant. We're not, we're very, yeah, we're very, we're very careful not to blatantly rip anything off. We, we all can't help but be inspired by different things yes. that we see. And we kind of take what we're inspired by and put it through our own interpretation. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, the whole TikTok thing always came from, I mean, my, my fascination with this started with Watchmen. And, you know, they played on the Richard Nixon administration era, which is a strange era that, you know, we went through anyways, where, they had the doomsday clock on TV, which I had talked about. I thought that that was such a strange notion that that actually really happened. They would terrorize people. Like, I don't know if that was the intention, but they put this clock on TV and everyone would turn their television on and they'd sit there and they'd scare the crap out of themselves going, it's one more minute to midnight. We're going to be in this nuclear warfare. I just thought that was like, I can't imagine us doing that right now. You know what I mean? What that would do to people. And I thought that's really actually a terrifying notion. So I took notions of that. And I played that into the character of letting people know this is, you know, the supervillain who's obsessed, morbidly obsessed with time. He's always telling people, you know, the clock is ticking. There's this, there's this ass whooping coming and it's going to be apocalyptic and it's going to be on your head. So tuck your chin. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I took aspects of perhaps how I see combat and violence happening and rolled that into the theatricality of it. it it's kind of interesting. Uh, generally speaking like oh i can't like today i can't believe this is on tv or i can't believe that and then you like going back and think about like something as you know nationally televised as that or just maybe thinking about like something happening to you as a kid or like you know i, I see people like posting the pictures of the old uh car seats and you're like wait you like let your kid drive around in that and it's like those sort of uh 
again what revisionist history like i don't know like you sort of forget like how things weren't always grand and now it's getting worse it's like no there was those sort of things always going on it's just you forget about it and you know speaking more about the nixon thing like you're pulling from it and reminding people that you know the unknown and this impending doom is you know a really good string to pull on absolutely even from i even thought too before I ever went to television, I thought, what's going to make me different? Why would someone want to sign me when there's thousands upon thousands of wrestlers, not even just nationally, but globally? And I thought to myself, I'm going to have to appeal to a business sense. And I knew that, you know, just looking at the commercialized wrestling model, they want to monetize everything. And I thought, well, if we're talking about clocks and TikTok, you can do hourglasses, you can do watches. Time is everywhere. It's on your phone. It's on your walls. And I thought that that might be a great way to sort of <laughs> brainwash people. It's funny. The one time it was actually challenging, I think, for both of us to focus on the doomsday stuff was the very beginning of COVID. Yeah. When we had to do the doomsday, the end is near. Mm-hmm. That was really challenging, especially when the world felt so dark. And being that dark also to the public, we're like, ah, we kind of in that realm wanted to go in a different direction because it felt it yeah. was too depressing for now, people at home. Now that we're coming out of it, her yeah. and I have been a little bit more open to talk about it. We didn't want to like, uh, we don't want to overwhelm people at the wrong time. But like, for us playing dark characters, those characters specifically carrying and cross NXT incarnation, at that time was really hard. Yeah. Because you go out there and you can give everything. And then there's the decompression phase. When the, when the show's over, you go home and then you can turn it off. And then you can rest and recharge and do whatever you need to do in order to kind of um, refill yourself, right? And it just seemed like at that time, there was almost no, um, how would you put no relief for us. But, you know, we, we, we battled through it. <laughs> we battled through it and made the best of it. But yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit easier to go into those places when you have um, a space for relief. When we debuted in front of no audience, saying the end is near, the end is near, that was interesting yeah that, that has to be an absolute uh mind fuck whatever yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's, my, it's my interview i can curse mind fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, but re- I, I mean really it's it's you know it's kind of interesting to see how people went into it. it you know i appreciate that insight and now you said coming out of it you feel like a little more open to doing like stepping over the line instead of putting your toe up to it so you know it's pretty cool uh have you either one of you thought more in depth about maybe marketing those things like was that strictly like a wwe idea like merchandise because you know you can put good and bad you can put your name on anything right now but you know that seems like something that would catch on and you know i'm even thinking like smoke show like cigars you know people are doing like humidors and stuff like that like anything like that you guys want to you know branch out and market we have she's working on something that yes. we will not talk about yeah. until it's ready but it's funny you said that we've that's where we've kind of been actually for the last maybe six months yep. we've been thinking about it mm-hmm. so yeah we are we are thinking in that direction on a variety of different uh on a variety of different projects we actually since you wrote it up you should talk to bill when you're ready when you're ready to talk about it okay. you know what i mean yeah. he'd be a person to go for, you okay. know what i mean I'll, I'll get you out on this uh i've kept you guys long enough and now we have more to talk about in the future uh 
where else uh, can we see you in the until in, in September? I know you just uh, cross did some CYN dates, uh, OnlyFans for Scarlet, WrestlePro. Uh, where can we see you? Where can people catch up on, with you? Plug away. WrestlePro definitely going back to. Um, I get to pick my next opponent. So if the fans want to chime in on who I should choose for that next show, please let me know. Tajiri. Tajiri. Ooh. <laughs> I want Tajiri. You want to do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you want to wrestle? Yeah. yeah. You could wrestle Master Bank. Scrappy. I want to wrestle you. Are we finally going to do that? You really want to wrestle me, don't you? I do. I know you do. The, the Morrisons did it at WrestleCon week. The, it, it's, you know, it was a good match. It was fun. So why not you guys? We've been talking about it for yeah. years. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it, Taylor. It. It'll be fun. All right. Uh, thank you both uh, again for the time as a, the wrestling showcase September 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in Schaumburg, Illinois. You can catch it on fight. If you're not in Chicago, uh, I'll post links for where people can follow you guys and uh, you know, best of luck uh, Scarlet finding your opponent cross this weekend. Uh, thanks again for your time and you know, have a good evening. Thank you so much. You as well, man.